Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, welcome to a new week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. This is Bob Getty. I'm glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and uh, we're glad to have you on board. Got a good week coming up for you. Going to talk to Ben Milam just a little bit later. He's a writer for Big Gold Nation. Uh, he's been at all the weekend football practices. We're going to get some up-to-the-minute stuff from him, as well as some sound bites uh, from head coach Will Hall. Uh, later in the show, going to be talking to you about a football ticket season ticket giveaway we're going to be conducting on the Eagle Hour here in the next couple of weeks as well. Opening segment is sponsored by Southern uh, Bank Corps, the studio sponsor, and, of course, Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. Two great businesses, Southern Bank Corps and Midtown and Hattiesburg. Dickey's out by the mall here on Highway 98 at a great place to take your family or to cater your next event. All right, let's kick the week off with Heath Hinton, uh, proprietor and owner of Big Gold Nation and Heath, uh, Lord knows you can believe everything you hear on the Internet. And uh, so the latest thing on the Internet is who the new softball coach at Southern Miss is going to be. Tell us what you know about that. Uh, yeah, Natalie Poole will be the uh, supposed to be the new softball coach. She comes to Southern Miss from Memphis. Uh, during her time there, she had a record of 241 and 340 overall. Uh, she was 58-146 in conference play. Um, now, in 2018, uh, she led the Tigers in 37 wins and a berth in ACC tournament semifinals. But since then, uh, they haven't gone anywhere. And last season, her team finished with a 9-14 and record. So, right. uh, but who had some success early at McNeese State and Georgia Southern, but will be coming in to coach at Southern Miss. The new Southern Miss softball coach will be Natalie Poole. All right, Luke Johnson, we had uh, we had heard about a young man, co- a friend of Jeremy McLean's uh, down in the Panhandle, coach at junior college. Uh, we had heard about the junior college coach at Jones, but uh, apparently those fell through or, or didn't materialize. And uh, and so I gather you concur with what uh, Heath is saying. Yeah, I mean, in, in the uh, early stage of, of the process, probably, you know, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, um, you you thought Andy Lee might be approached from this job um, down at Northwest Florida. You thought Chris Robinson from Jones might be approached about this job. Um, one of the things that those two guys, neither one of them had, was was D one experience. Uh, and so you know whatever the uh, the interview process looked like, um, Natalie Poole is is going to be your head coach. And as he said, 
Um, she really, what's been said about her, she really planted a lot of good seeds down in McNeese, and they had uh, some success later on. So, you know, 11 years at, at a school that's most recently in, in the American. It'll be interesting to see, um, you know, as Southern Miss fans get to know her, you know, her, her approach. Um, does it land kind of somewhere in the middle um, between, you know, the, uh, the great family atmosphere that, that um, Coach Hogue had and then, of course, uh, just the, the different approach that Coach LeVan had. So, yeah, I mean, welcome to Hattiesburg, Natalie Poole. Expected, you know, for that to be official later on. Extra inning softball actually announced this, I think, Friday morning. Um, but, Heath, yeah, you know, Jeremy McLean, this will be, what, the, uh, this is his third or fourth hire? Fourth hire, maybe, and yeah. uh, so we'll, we'll see how it turns out. I guess here's the question, guys, and I'll throw this out to all three of you here: Is is Southern Miss a difficult place uh, to have great success in softball? Coach, a great coach, no doubt about that. Uh, completely different uh, approach than the uh, than the last coaching staff. But Heath, is the uh, is it just a tough job? It's a tough job, but it's also a job to where the pay isn't as good as a lot of places. Let's just be honest. It's not, especially in a Sunbelt Conference that has a lot of success on the softball field. I mean, James Madison, Louisiana, just look at what they've done in in recent history. This is going to be a very good and very competitive uh, softball uh, league. And look, Southern Miss pay is for softball head coaches just – not up to where it is probably at those places. And, and look, you, you kind of, when you're not able to spend the money to get the resources you need, kind of what happens. Yeah, but here's, here's something else, you guys, and this might be a stretch. You guys tell me if you think this is a stretch. Mississippi has been one of the last states to really go exclusively to fast pitch softball. Mississippi was one of the dinosaurs as far as keeping high school slow pitch for the girls, you know, alive. Uh, up until about the last couple of years, you had the opportunity to play, you know, it's smaller schools, slow pitch and fast pitch, whereas other states, fast pitch has, has been the rule, you know, for a long, long time. So it's tougher to recruit experienced fast pitch players. It's getting easier now as, as time goes by, but, but I think that's what makes it partly difficult, too. Is that, let's not forget, let's not forget the women have been to the World Series a couple of times in softball. You get a good pitcher and different. So, I mean, there has been success in softball for Southern Miss in the past. There's no question about it. But I'm going to throw out something about that. And I know the fast pitch softball enthusiasts are going to hate me and light me up for saying this. That's just an example of what a pitcher-dominated sport it is. Courtney Blades is the reason Southern right. Miss yep. went to the World Series. Yeah, and she's a she's a once right. in a multi-generation talent. You know that that's part of it. You know, going back to what he said, salary-wise, uh, our good friend uh, Pat McGee out of Hattiesburg pulled the uh, the salaries um, for for Sun Belt. Southern Miss is. Uh, at eighty thousand, according to this report, that was from a twenty twenty year data. That is uh, fourth lowest in the Sun Belt. Georgia State, Georgia Southern, ULM below. Louisiana Lafayette from last year paid their head softball coach one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. Oh well. Yeah. So you know that's that's part of it. I will say this: I feel like South Mississippi. It will be easier to recruit players than it would be at like Memphis, um, as far as like ge- geography, and a lot of that has to do with the junior college system in Mississippi. So I, I feel like whoever, if if 
pull his name, the head coach. Whoever that was going to be will be able to possibly get their hands on a lot better players. Because, I mean, you look at some of the players that Southern Miss has got in recruiting, um, and they've had players. It just the, the chemistry hasn't been there. Well, it's it's not the only women's coach that we recruited from the University of Memphis way back in the day. Joy Lee McNellis. That worked out pretty well. Yeah, came yeah. back from Memphis. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's worked out well. Look, guys, it's, it's, I'm interested to see what type of relationship she has. I don't think the problem with Southern Miss here lately has been the talent. I think the talent's there. I just think there was this uh, – it was um don't want those versions, but there was just a distance between the coach and the players. And I'm wondering how that relationship's gonna build now because it seems like she's a lot more of a player's coach. Well in the and last in the last regime, that. but I do not think that was the case with Coach Hogue. I I don't think no, there was a no, 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 no. And I th- no, I think another thing Hogue. that hangs up softball too, guys, and you know, hopefully when when this master plan for athletics gets announced, you would think that there is somewhere maybe the intramural field complex, you need to get the stadium back on campus or as close to campus as you can. And you may not be able to do that with track and field, but it just seems as if, you know, those two facilities not being on campus. Tennis is on the outskirts of campus, but, you know, just the fact that, that softball and track and field aren't on campus, I would hope that there would be plans in the future to, to put I think softball. That's a very well, good the master point. plan shows them, shows them over there by uh, Pete Taylor Park, across from the practice field. That's where they're wanting to put softball but that's, and track and field. But that's also what you're competing against. Is the is the success the baseball team has had, and lots of times they're playing very close to you know similar yeah, they game They need times. to stagger those games. Yeah. That's one thing they'd be wise to do. It seems to be. All right, when do we uh, expect an announcement, Heath? I would say probably in the next two or three days. All right. I, I would think it's going to be pretty quick. Uh, that's that that that'll be because they start with what another week. Right, they'll be here on campus. Um, yeah, so I think you'll see. Within and it's important because, guys, is it not fair to say the two most visible women's sports in college are basketball and softball? Right now, easily. I, I, I think volleyball is coming on, mm-hmm. um, but but for sure, those have been the most uh, deeply right. entrenched. Right, right. All right, Heath. How can people subscribe to Big Gold Nation? Uh, you can go to southernmiss.rivals.com, click subscribe, uh, you know, join us. We just had a big special uh, that went off yesterday where you got the first month free, but we'll be doing some more stuff. Uh, just keep uh, looking on. we got practice reports coming out daily. You guys will be talking to Ben in a minute. He does a wonderful job. So uh, yep, come join Mata. us. Have a good time with the conversation. All right, Ben Mott up next on the Eagle Hour. He's one of uh, – Heath writers, and uh, we did assure Ben that uh, you would be sending him an extra check, Heath, for his appearance on the Eagle Hour. So he wanted me to thank you for the extra two fifty that uh, we promised him he'd be receiving. I appreciate it. That's why people need to join <laughs> so I can pay Ben. That's right. That's right. No, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right, Heath and Big Old Nation, everybody. Going to talk a little football when we come back. Got some sound bites from Coach Hall. Ben Milam has been at practice all weekend. Going to get an update uh, from him as well. Stay with us.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, I want to thank Heath Hinton for joining us in the first segment of the show. Catch us up on that basketball news. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net on Hardy Street right across the street from the Southern Miss campus. And, of course, shop online at CampusBookmark.net. Uh, before I go any further, uh, on the 31st of this month, we're going to be doing a two-hour special edition of the Eagle Hour. And you guys don't know this yet, but this is going to put a smile on your face, Kelly. We're going to do the two-hour show from – are you ready? Mo Bay Beignet. Oh, my God. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew so the Buttercream, the first hour, cinnamon, the second hour. There we go. And, and let me tell you that the owner sent word to us that it's, it's beignets and coffee the whole time we're there. Now, Kelly, that means you got to limit it to maybe a dozen or so. And you can't be stuffing them in your pockets and stuff and taking them home. But but we are going to treat you to some beignets. I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to that. I'm writing that in my calendar right now, yeah. the 31st. August 31st, yeah. two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour from Mo Bay Beignet. All right, football practice is underway. We're about to bring Ben Milam on, who's been there all day. Uh, yesterday, or I guess over the weekend, the first time these guys uh, put on pads and started hitting each other. And, uh, Luke, tell us what uh, Coach Hall had to say about that. Yeah, just, you know, a whole lot more fun to have pads on, you know, and see some things. I thought we had a really physical inside drill. I thought it was the best punt period we've had since we've been here. Just the physicalness of the punt protection with the amount of players we have, our big guys in the shield. I mean, there was freaking snot bubbles being knocked out, and we didn't have it. We were looking around during it, and I looked at Jay Stanley, and I said, boy, this is fun. And he said, Coach, we couldn't practice like this last year. I said, I no doubt. And uh, so, you know, like I said, we're not a finished product, but, boy, we got pieces to work with. And as a coach, that's what you want. You want kids that have ability, that have attitudes and want to be coached. And we've got that. I can't say enough about, you know, Coach Ancar and Mitch Williams and Reed Stringer and the development overall of our culture and the way our kids work. It was a good day today. Saw some good, saw some bad. Dalen Gill's a guy that's flashed the first few days with how hard he plays. You know, he's a really talented guy, but and that's what you expect from Louisville, Mississippi, right? Well, they got like nine state titles. I don't want to shortchange them. The Wildcats will get mad at me. But, I mean, the kids that grow up in Louisville, man, they love football, and Dalen loves it. Jay Stanley's had a really good camp. You know, he had two great days. We'll have to see the tape from today. And, uh, so, Coach uh, Coach Hall talking freaking snot bubbles, guys, being knocked out. Ben, um, you were there. Did you uh, see any of that per chance? Yeah, guys, good good to be back on. There is uh, there's a pretty stark difference in the physicality, obviously now with the shoulder pads on, but relative to last year, because I was at last year's fall camp, and I mean, like like Coach Hall said, Jay Stanley told him i mean you just could not practice like that and it's it's wide open now you have the depth to be able to to offer that kind of physicality day in and day out there's there's been some pops even with just shoulder pads on they don't even have full pads on yet and that physicality has already come out um both of the guys he referenced there dalen gill is a guy i watched play at jones college excited about it. you like hearing his name because he's plays linebacker and with the loss of hayes maples um, you still got some guys to come in. He's a grad, you know, grad transfer from from Ole Miss. Um, what are we seeing on the offensive side of the ball? Because I think people aren't concerned about defense at all. They're happy with Austin Armstrong's approach. The D line gets beefed up, but it, it's going to go back to the other side up front. What, what are what is the the takeaways this weekend from the offensive side of the ball, particularly the offensive line? Yeah, well, I, th- I think you're exactly right. First of all, the defense, I think, is going to be fine. It's, I think it's once again going to be the foundation of this team. 
but to be able to reach or get anywhere close to this team's potential, the offensive line is going to have to be miles better than it was. And got a chance to talk to Sam Gregg, who came over from Liberty. You guys know the co-offensive coordinator and uh, the new O-line coach. And I've just been really impressed the way that he coaches. Uh, he, he has gotten those guys to be intentional and just – Coach Hall talked about, I think it was on Friday after day one, about – the fact that the message was to that group was you think you might have played hard this past year, but you did not. And it's, it's effort, effort, effort. And I, and from my perspective, that has been pretty plain from watching it last year to this year, the effort is, is a lot more. And I mean, it's a lot of the same guys, right? It's, it's, you know, what we saw last year, it's, it's you're going to see a lot of familiar names that five that started in spring camp, those first, string guys those are the first string guys this fall too and then likely that is going to carry into the games and you might see a little shuffling there but it's going to be a lot of the same guys and to me just the way that coach greg has gotten them to play with more effort i think that's going to be one of the big differences that they can build on and then you start to build some of that technique but i think they are they're starting to get that foundation to where they can really improve as a unit ben you were talking about you were talking about technique the biggest thing i think that scares eagle fans and talking to them all over the southern part of the state is the offensive line's just general ability to protect whoever the quarterback is in this case ty keys the starter going in you know to, to the season um, what assurances do we have? It's still early, obviously, but what assurances do we have that that overall unit will be able to protect their signal caller better than they did last year? Right. Well, it's, it's no secret that that was, that was sort of the, the beginning of the pretty much every issue on offense, right? Because you, you had the playmakers skill-wise. You had talent at quarterback in both Trelo and Tykes, and and just couldn't get anybody the ball and didn't have time to get anyone the ball. And so due to the fact that it was such a struggle, I mean, Coach Hall has talked about it ad nauseum. He and his entire staff have made a commitment to really focus on that, and a part of that was bringing Sam Gregg on, and he has a track record of being really successful and being able to turn around units that struggled to being able to protect and also to be able, be able to run the ball and and I think they know. I, I mean, it's it's not groundbreaking analysis when I say that that unit improving is is maybe the biggest factor in this team being able to push for bowl eligibility and have a successful year. And I think you guys, too, the, the reason that the offense has got to get better is simply to keep the defense off of the field. Sure. Yeah. Right? right? The defense just took way too many snaps last year. So, Ben, second year under Lance and Carr, and you got some – you know, a bunch of SEC kids that uh, transferred in here. From an eyeball perspective, does this team look bigger and more physical than what you saw last year? You know, you see a lot of the same numbers out there, a lot of same names on the roster, but it looks like a different team. And I, I, I hope that's not too much sunshine pumping, but that's the truth. I mean, you walk out there day one on Friday, and and it just looks like a different team. I mean, the defensive line – is you know you had some size there in, in spots last year, but there it's it's size all the way down, and there's depth. I think that's true of just about every spot out there. You have three rotations, first, second, third string of scholarship guys like Coach Hall has talked about, and that 
that is a visible difference that people are going to notice in that opener against Liberty. What what is kind of the atmosphere at practice? Because I was, I've, I've, they went two twenty, they went two twenty yesterday. They were they were two and two thirty. You know, those are pretty long practice for for uh, for college football right now. Yeah. What what is his approach? Has what you've seen? You know the the type of atmosphere and environment they have um, that they've shown the last three days. Yeah, it's it's high energy. It's go go go, and it, it is a pleasure to watch that staff coach because it never stops. Whether they are out there as as a full team stretching, running, you know up and down the field, just getting their jogs in, or they're in individual drills or 11-on-11 drills. It is nonstop coaching. There's nonstop yelling and going on. I mean, it's it's like a – it's just a football party out there. And there's, yeah. there's nonstop uh, technique and, you know, getting the, simple, the system implemented. It's just – it's all of it all at once, but – and it's, I mean, it's just organized chaos. That's kind of what I was looking for. I mean, it's, it's constant. And for that full two and a half, close to two and a half hours, it, it does not stop. It starts at 8.15 and it doesn't quit. You can, you can tell, I mean, it's hot out there. There's, there's somewhere a little bit towards the end of practice, but that is where the big difference is going to be made is, is getting them to build up the stamina and lean into the conditioning that they got from the summer and be able to pick up that coaching that is going the full length of practice. It's fun to watch. Your observation of quarterback play right now, I know it's very early, but uh, your observation? It is early. Uh, Ty Keyes, I think, is is the clear number one right now. But, you know, it, it it is really hard to judge early in fall camp, like you said. But And Trey Lowe has looked solid like he did last fall camp. And – Tell you what, Zach Wilkie had a really, really good day today. He was impressive. Um, this was the first day where they really opened up 11 and 11 on 11 drills because they had been doing mainly red zone work to kind of work everybody up. They didn't want to go, to go full speed and full field and avoid some soft tissue injuries that way. But so they were, they were able to, to, to show a lot of deep ball drills and one-on-one stuff and in, in full team uh, action. And Zach Wilkie threw a couple beautiful, beautiful balls. And all three have kind of, you know, have their ups and downs. They've, they've got a ways to go, but Ty Keyes is, is in that lead. But, man, I, I would not I would not say that Ty Keyes is the guy and then there's everybody else. I mean, those two guys, Trey Lowe and Zach Wilkie, are, are very capable. And I think that's a good thing, to have two guys who are pushing – especially your young quarterback, pushing him in that competition and you know, keeping him accountable, making sure he is he's full go and he's not just sitting back on his heels. You're not able to do that when you have two talented guys behind you. All right, Ben, we really appreciate your report, and uh, we'll be checking back in with you again pretty soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Ben Milam, everybody, from Big Gold Nation. Appreciate that. Keeping us up to date on fall football practice at Southern Miss. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. A little too much planning there during the break as we were planning right on the uh, to the time we went on the air. But man, Luke has got his like his secretary's calendar out. It's amazing. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Jay Walker, play by play voice, University of Louisiana. Got to get a football preview. 
Wednesday, we're going to get a South Alabama football preview from J.D. Byers, and we're going to hear from uh, at the athletic writer Chris Faninini. Thursday, we've got uh, Brent Freeman from Texas State uh, on the show scheduled, and then uh, we'll continue to book people up. Karnak does come back. Kelnak, not Karnak. Karnak's long since gone to the big <laughs> fortune-telling place in the sky yes uh kelnak is he actually coming or is this just more bs no no i, th- I th- no it would be cs not bs yes cs considering well, he rides a camel yeah. i got you yeah i got you <laughs> right right we'll have to ask all these play-by-play guys what it's going to feel like when when the southern miss eagles put a thumping on their team this year yeah speaking <laughs> of camels you so. have to you have to bring up danny lynch tomorrow to jay walker you just it danny is built into his psyche Ever since uh, the uh, pimp my home run, because <laughs> I had Jay on, y- y'all were y'all were both off that day about a month ago, and we were just talking about UL, and it was it was so good because Jay Jay went out of his way to say, now I was mad at the time, but if I had a baseball team of Sun Belt baseball players, Danny Lynch is my third baseman, and so he just he talked about really good about Danny for several minutes. It was quality stuff. Danny Lynch is the kind of kid that if you watch him in practice or on the field, he puts a smile on your face because he's he's just in heaven and uh, he enjoys. You can just tell. He's soaking up every second of this experience and enjoying it. And it's interesting that you mentioned that, Bob, because going back to Ben Milam's report, if you, you've been around these these football players, it seems to me with this particular group, they 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 love football. I'm not, you know, they're they're not the the fact that they're getting scholarships. I'm sure is just icing on the cake for these guys. But you, they just really seem to love it. And look, you can't you can't be good at the collegiate level. Unless you love it. You've got to love, particularly football, right. as difficult as it is. Oh, no question. And, um, you know, it's, such, it's so different, though. And, of course, this was like in the Flintstone days when I was at Holmes Junior College. But, you know, we – Go Bulldogs. Buddy, we got out for two and a half hours in the morning and two and a half hours in the afternoon. And, and Ben Milam said, man, they've had long practices. Two, well, no, we had two of them a day. But th- those are just different times, I guess, right? You can't can't help but believe it makes the game a little softer. Am I right? But part of part of the reason I think it's it's a new, more woke, you know, at yeah, athletic world. But with the advancements in technology, nutrition, things like that, you can a lot of those two a days. Quite frankly, you know, Bob was just to get the guys in shape, mm-hmm. right? But now they come to camp. A lot of them yeah. in shape, ready to go. Well, those two a days too broke you from drinking beer. Till you got in shape, because you certainly didn't feel like doing that. You usually after. knew what you had for breakfast and lunch <laughs> at exactly, the end of your two-a-day. That's exactly right. And if you felt ill or just down, you got slapped in the head and handed three salt tablets, and that's how you moved on. Well, you had to rub some dirt on it. You know? Oh, you definitely had to had to rub a little dirt on, <laughs> and on get the back blood, in there. And then, and then get back in there. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. Are they softer today, Luke, than when you played? Uh Yes. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, you guys. Why don't you go to the Southern Miss practice and tell them that they're well, softer? No, I'm, I, you know, I, I get that, but look at some of them guys Luke played with. Go back that far. How, well, how long ago what, was that you played football, Luke? Fifteen years. Well, you go back years. to those teams, and I'm going to tell you, you can't do these things in reality. But you take pick any one of Luke's teams and put it up against teams today, not just Southern Miss, but any other team. And I'm just going to tell you, I think they're probably just a little more hard-nosed and tough. Back then? Yeah, back then. 
was well, because I mean, we 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 didn't have anything given to us. I mean, it was like like I went in the other day. I mean, it's incredible what these guys have. But I was uh, I was down in Hattiesburg a few weeks back, and, and they were wrapping up uh, workouts, and I saw Coach Ancar, and and uh, I said, "Hey, can I just come in and watch work?" He's like, "Sure, man, come on." So. I went in my old weight room, which has been completely redone, and I was standing behind the nutrition bar where I just looked to the side, and they have all these little recovery shakes and protein drinks. And Dude, back in the day, we would, like, sneak in. to we, there, was, there was one little refrigerator in the athletic training room, or it was more like of a – like a, a refridge tank. It was like kind of like what ice cream goes in at a gas station, but right. it, it was it was a uh, refrigerator, not a freezer. And like we would sneak in there to get like a Gatorade recovery shake occasionally because it was only for guys that were like cramping up bad. And I was like, <laughs> dude, we risk our life to get one of these. And now there's just this massive cooler. And you know, y'all have all this recovery stuff. You have all this just laid out. I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I'm thankful that the guys have it sure, now, but of course. we just want to say like, dude, like no. we didn't get yeah, but any even, of that. I'm not in any way implying that this football team is soft. Obviously it's not. And I think they're going to be very good. I'm just talking about in general terms. It's a, a gen, in general. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and back then, I mean, even their names would tell you how tough they were. Yeah. TJ Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, they go back even further. Dick Butkus, Ray Nitschke. These guys were just nasty beasts. Well, when, when you got guys whose last names has more vowels in it than it than consonants, yeah. You, you yeah, know, Dick Butkus. Tough. I saw an interview with him one time. He said his favorite dream, and he dreamed it often, was that a running back comes up the up the a hole and he hits them and watches their head roll off in its helmet. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, there was something wrong with 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 old Dick. He carried it. If you can carry football a little too far, <laughs> maybe Dick carried it yeah. just a tad far. No, these kids are tough, man. There ain't no doubt about that. And, and you're right, Luke. It's good that they have all these things. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, that goes with the advancement of of nutrition and, and weight really training was, and all that. Of course. I mean, there would be time like the win for Southern Miss football players was when you would come in. To uh, well, going out to practice, and they had mistakenly left the Powerade like drink machine on, and we could like get a little extra Powerade, you know. And if, right, you know, that, right. and uh, there were times that us kickers, you know, when we were done with our stuff, we would occasionally go inside um, and and just chill or whatever for a couple minutes. Not every day. And dude, sometimes they left the Powerade machine on during practice, and that was game on. But you never got any of that stuff, and right. so. I guess part of it was you didn't expect to get it, and so every time right, you got something right. like that, it was a reward. Well, two more quick observations. I'm sure these kids have nothing to do with what the practice rules are. Right. And if they were told to practice two times a day, that's exactly what they would do. My guess is if you could get some of the coaches to talk to you off the record about it, they would probably like to go back to two-a-day practices. You think that's fair, Luke? If, 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 if they could tell you their honest feelings – Without anybody knowing, would coaches prefer to go back to the two-a-day fall practices? Coaches are going to want as much time on the field with their uh, players as they can for for several reasons. I mean, you, I mean, there comes a point where camp is where you can wear people out. You can't do that in regular season, but I mean, you've got recovery time where you can, you know, you can work hard for for two weeks, two and a half weeks solid. And then you've got recovery time, but you 
you can't do that. And so that's why probably, you know, midseason you get to be more efficient in your practice time. And if your team, you know, is locked in, you can get everything done, everything done in an hour, 30, hour, 40 minutes. Yeah. The, the thing that I worry about with all that too is, is the, the more you practice, the naturally the more tired you're going to become. And that's when a lot of injuries and sometimes senseless right. injuries happen. Right. And with what this team went through last year and why, that. and why the NFL is even, you know, shortening the exhibition season. And even with that season being shortened, a lot of the star players aren't even playing. I mean, they're right. just skipping the the, right. the preseason. All right, quick reminder, uh, on the Friday, we, we said on the Wednesday before the opening of football, we're going to do a two-hour special at Mobe Beignet. We're going to give away two sets of season football tickets. One, one set, two season football tickets in the first hour, two season football tickets to one winner uh, in the second hour. So we're wow. going to be announcing how you go about uh, – competing for that and we're going to give those away uh during the broadcast and then the friday before the opening of football season we're going to be at fourth street bar and grill speaking of which is the third segment sponsor and a great place to have lunch and uh and we're going to be doing uh, probably uh a good many friday before home game remotes at fourth street and fuzzies and different restaurants like yeah. that that uh, sponsor our show uh, because uh, we just want to get in the atmosphere and we want to help do what we can to uh, fill the stands because we think this is going to be an exciting football team. It's it's going to be an exciting football team, but remember now this is this is this conference is pretty good yeah. in, in football. So uh, you think know. about this though: opening Hugh Freeze and Liberty being here. This is pretty exciting stuff, man. And then South Beach, where I get to wear my thong. And go down there and... You had to go ruin the mood with an image like that. that <laughs> well, I'm taking my metal detector, too. It's just making so. me kind of dizzy, even trying to think about it. I'm trying to get it out of my brain oh, I'll be, so I'll, I'll be a sight on South Beach in my thong yeah. and the metal detector. Did, did you want to make any comment about that, Luke? I just threw up in the garbage can, <laughs> wiping it out of my mouth right now. Where's the cricket sound effect, Bob? We don't have crickets. We gotta no, get... the crickets won't even... They'll, the they'll crickets, throw up, The too. crickets left when you, when you brought up that image. <laughs> All right, more on how you can win those season tickets as the days roll along. We'll be right back. Top. Final segment on this Monday, as always, brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training in Hattiesburg, dbathattiesburg.com, home of the Luke Johnson 5240. They help me, they can help you. DBAT D1, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Luke and Bob from the Southern Bancor Studios 
uh, in Hattiesburg and Laurel Kelly Center has left the building. Did it? Did it shake when he left? <laughs> yes, Bob, it did. It was uh, kind of a relief to everybody in the building when the door. Talking came. about uh, preseason camp started. Well, the preseason for Southern Miss soccer has started. Lady Eagles uh, had an exhibition against Pearl River Community College on Friday, and they took care of business. Six Lady Eagles scored, including a sophomore Alexia Nelson scored two goals, and the Golden Eagles uh, defeated. Pearl River by a score of seven to nothing. Have a few more exhibition contests this Wednesday at home against William Carey, and then uh, this coming Sunday at one p.m. against Jackson State. And then uh, Bob, they will uh, continue uh, to go through the rest of the SEC West coming up at Auburn, at Alabama, LSU at home, Mississippi State at home, and then at Ole Miss before they open Sun Belt play against Marshall on September 17th. One of those Golden Eagles that we're really proud of, Elena Esquerdo, selected to uh, the preseason all-Sunbelt women's soccer team um, this afternoon. And also they had um, the preseason uh, finishings, uh, what they thought, you know, the, uh, the the coaches poll and how they how the coaches will think the, uh, the standings will be at the end of the season. Southern Miss... Tied, uh, picked uh, for second in the West Division with Arkansas State. And Bob, I'll give you one guess to to who you who uh, is picked to to win the West Division. Please tell me it's not South Alabama. South Alabama. There you go. Twelve first place <laughs> votes. Southern Miss, Arkansas State, tied uh, for second, and then ULM, Texas State, Louisiana, and Troy in last place in the East. Old Dominion got ten first place votes. James Madison. Uh, one first place vote followed by Georgia State, Georgia Southern Coastal, Marshall, and Appalachian State. So soccer officially underway. Two more exhibitions this week. I want to give a shout out to uh, to our friend Walker Powell, former Southern Miss pitcher, now with uh, with my team, the Chicago Cubs. Recently been promoted to Double A to the uh, Tennessee Smokies, and Bob, since uh, he has moved up to Double A. Opponents are only hitting 198 against him this past Friday. Four innings of one hit relief. Good for him. He's such a great kid. Been on the show several times, and uh, just you know what you expect from a Southern Miss baseball player. And he was Mister Consistent. I, I, if there was one word that I I think back on Walker Powell, uh, Luke, I think it's consistency. He was never flashy. Never, you know, through those whoa pitches, but uh, just always got people out. He did. And right now, this year, um, with him through uh, three different levels, actually, he was in, started the year in high A and then uh, went, or I'm sorry, went with low A and then high A. And, and he's been up uh, with, with Tennessee for, uh, for a few weeks or for a week or so. ERA of 288. And he struck out 19 and in 25 innings. So, congratulations to him. It's been a good year for for Southern Miss uh, pitching for sure. All right, Jay Walker from Louisiana on tomorrow. I'm not talking about the university. He's going to talk about the football team that Golden Eagles are playing on October 27th. So, starting tomorrow, over the next three weeks, we're going to take another tour back through the Sun Belt. Um, but we're going to talk about each football preview. So Wednesday, JD Byers. Uh, I think I think JD Byers. Is going to be the JP Heath of the Sun Belt, Bob. Yeah, I think we're going to have a real good connection with him, as we should. They're they're right down the road um, from that school, South Alabama. All right, fair to say that now that Southern Miss is in the uh, Sun Belt Western Division, Louisiana is the school that you're going to have to learn how to beat. Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, in football, 
In in football, I think, but though, as long as as Kane is down in in Mobile, though, I think that that program is going to continue to rise. And yeah, I, I, right now those are those are two. Butch Jones did not have a very good year at Arkansas State, but he had the number one recruiting class mm-hmm. um, up there in Jonesboro. So who knows? They may they may turn around, you know, when win three or four more games this year. But yeah, I mean, the the date you're circling, other than the South Alabama game, just for uh, for for maybe a possible new rivalry sake, is October 27th, Thursday night, when the Raging Cajuns come to the Rock. Be fun talking to these guys and talking about different schools and different programs. Uh, football, obviously, then basketball and then baseball. Uh, just exciting times uh, to be a Southern Miss fan, Luke. Really is. So look forward to talking to those guys and then Brent Freeman on, uh, and, and Texas State's a team that Southern Miss has played, uh, a few years back, played them twice. And, uh, so it'll be fun to, to run through, uh, run through those guys. Uh, there, there is someone that's making an appearance, right? Again, we should let people know yes, that on we, Friday. We do have Kellack scheduled, uh, to make an appearance here Friday. We're assured that this time, uh, he will be here. They're on their way now. He, uh, he is on hump. And uh, they are traveling in our directions. Kelnack will definitely be here uh, his, this Friday. His first, what, appearance as a member of the Sunbelt Conference. <laughs> yes, I guess. That's, he foresaw this was going to happen. But, yes, he uh, it will be his first appearance uh, as a Sunbelt uh, uh, spectator, shall we say. All right, great show. Luke's done a great job lining up a lot of good guests this week. It'll be fun talking to Jay Walker tomorrow. But no ULL, right, Luke? It's the University of Louisiana. I don't want Jay Walker mad at me, so do UL. All right. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Talk Mississippi Media Production.